Welcome. You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Nordics, a podcast constructed to enrich our tech community by connecting some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I am Christopher Asbridge, and I help connect businesses with talented freelancers, and I will be your host. All right, chaps. Um, welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Anders Larsen from Top Tracer, Matthias Nord from IKEA, and Carl Otto van Rossen, which is a really long name to try and pronounce, from My Telescope. And last but not least is Charlar. I'm not even trying to pronounce the second name. <laughs> He's just told me two seconds ago, but from Villagram. And we're here to discuss how to create the time to step away from the roadmap and innovate. But before we delve deeper into this topic, and um, what I'll do, I'll run around the table to get introductions from everyone and let them introduce themselves. So Anders, we'll start with you. Yeah, my name is Anders Larsson and I'm manager game development at Top Tracer. Um, yeah, I'm a software development manager and I'm fascinate, fascinated how tech platforms can facilitate and, and enable businesses. Uh, and I'm currently at a um, golf company uh, that transform um, the TV broadcast um, and uh, transform the way that we can play golf. So it's really exciting. Okay, awesome, awesome. Matthias, over to you. Yeah, um, so yeah, Matthias, that's me. Um, pleasure being here, first of all. Uh, great to see you guys also and uh, uh, get into these discussions. Um, I have a, a fairly long and crooked background in, in media from starters and then into IT in, in the early millennium. And then, uh, uh, then I've basically worked my way through Nokia and other big corporates and also tiny, tiny startups. Um, last, uh, last one I was involved with was a smart bouncing ball IoT product. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a fun project to do and it, it kind of sparked me on my own uh, uh, kind of road going forward. I, I uh, decided to do my own startup, went into also IoT product development. Didn't go that super well. Uh, a lot of learnings, uh, a lot of mistakes, really cool stuff to, to play around with, but then I felt that I need to get back a little bit and center myself. So I joined IKEA, uh, work as an engineering manager. I have uh, two teams uh, working with um, product information management and range management. Uh, so basically, if you see anything that's wrong in the stores or online, <laughs> you can poke me. <laughs> I'll try to fix it. Uh, yeah, I, um, I've been uh, developing since, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe I was twelve or thirteen when I got my first computer. I've been trying out all of the all kinds of different languages and platforms and uh, technologies. I basically just love anything. I wish you could see my workshop here. It's it's uh, more technology than anybody would actually admit to having. <laughs> I'm not going to give you my home address. Oh, <laughs> uh, if you want to come by, I'll I'll treat anybody to pizza. That's my second hobby, basically cooking food right now i'm totally into neapolitan pizzas so that's okay me. i'm just booking a flight over there i should be there by five o'clock awesome. nice. <laughs> uh, right moving on carl hi and um, nice to join you guys in this talk um i'm very glad to be here 
my name is Colorado and I'm the head of product at my telescope. Uh, we're quite a newly founded company. Uh, we started three years ago and we have built a platform uh, that helps users track brands and campaign performance, basically. So a little okay. short about sure. me. Awesome, awesome. And last, last but not least, Charlotte. Hello, everyone. Uh, to help you out here, my name is Chalar Polatolu, for the people who are curious about it. Uh, I'm an engineering manager at Bilogram. Uh, Bilogram is a company where we focus on uh, smart, uh, interactive, and modern invoicing solution. Uh, it's kind of boring to work with invoices, I guess. Uh, my background is I um, I worked as a software developer like 10 years before I joined the leadership track. Um, I started uh, similar to Matthias. I got my first computer and I was super excited, but I was playing video games rather than developing something. Uh, yeah, uh, but the university and afterwards it was all about software development and I'm still into it. That's why I chose Bilogram, a bit more engineering, a bit more management. Yep. Okay, amazing. Now we all know know each other and we had a little icebreaker then. Let's actually get down to the nitty gritty of what we're here to discuss. How to create the time, step away from the roadmap and innovate. As per usual, I'll work my way around the room. I know you've all brought different questions. Um, so what we'll do now, we'll break into them questions, try and understand what you want to get out of this podcast and have the discussion around your topics. So first of all, what we'll do, we'll start with um, Anders. Now, Anders, I came to you and you wanted to talk about how do you handle all the ideas in such a respectful way? Um, can you sort of elaborate that a little bit for, more for me, please? Yeah, of course. Yeah, when you, my experience is when you start this idea generation activities, there is a lot of idea generated and it's uh, spread in uh, technology it's spread in in what kind of businesses or problems it will be solving so um, not any any idea will be picked up by the company or or, um, or the yeah the partners so um, I have two scenarios when you begin with it um, you can easily kill um, the idea generation process by rejecting or call ideas stupid. Um, I have seen that in various organizations. Um, so, and then also the other scenario is when you have this idea generation for a while, um, uh, the employees or the participants will, uh, they, they don't see that their ideas will uh, be executed. So how to, yeah, in a respectful way, handle them. So that's what I have been thinking of. Okay, chaps, just jump in there when you've got something to say, feel free to just go for it. Yeah, who wants to start? <laughs> I jump in, so I guess I get to start. Um, I, I think, I think it's, um, it, 
coming from both kind of the environments of, of large corporate enterprises and also small startups, you know, I think the, the importance is uh, part is always to uh, kind of establish the fact that all ideas matter. You know, it's it's uh, um, it, usually you know you have all of these classic kind of uh, BS bingo things where you say that you know uh, it's uh, you know. Um, it's okay to ask stupid questions. It's okay to come with stupid ideas and things like that. And but but there is a truth, you know. It's a, it's a, I think it's a valuable truth. Also, it's it's important to make sure that people are um, in a safe environment where they can actually come with with any type of idea, whether they have knowledge or not. Um, I think also um, when I work with team, for example, I, I usually try to uh, to establish a, a common ground. Uh, where everybody is on the same level when it comes to what type, how we want to structure our ideas and how we want to kind of deliver our information. Um, so so I, I usually start out early with that. I don't know how, how you guys do it in, in your common companies and teams and things like that. Yeah, I think this is a super interesting uh, question that Anders brings up. It's two very common scenarios. Um, as Matthias said, I think, like, in short, that's a, it's a process uh, for, for assessing each idea. As you say, it's no really stupid ideas uh, before you have assessed them. It's maybe you think that in the beginning, but it's only your opinion or your top of mind that that reflects that. So maybe you need to assess all of these. And if you don't, if you don't agree with the, that, you need to implement that. I think it's very important to acknowledge every suggestion at least and give the feedback why the idea is good, why the idea is good, and why the idea is bad. Uh, also, in my opinion, as I had a product, I think a lot of my ideas I need to take my like North Star metric or my vision. Is this, can I have this in my vision? Is this a part of my vision? Is this a good innovation to do now or do I need to do it later? For maybe it's a very good idea, but it's maybe one year or two years down the road, but it's not really there yet. We need to take the have the foundation first before we really, really can make this idea possible in the best way. Okay. I believe that it's important to have a psychological safety, first of all. Like people should not think that their idea is bad or will be rejected. So mm. it, it's really important to establish that. Uh, so I think the, as the leaders, we should create that environment. Uh, but also, like as all of us know, not every idea is a good idea. Uh, so we need some kind of process and some kind of uh, stage for the people. Uh, I, I think people can easily brainstorm, uh, like try, maybe experiment something new and maybe pitch their idea in some stage. Like many companies do like this hack weeks or hack days, or I don't know, some companies do this like free Fridays. Uh, so this is the stage for the employees, I guess. Uh, and if the people present their idea there, like what their findings uh, and kind of maybe sell it to the internal investors. Uh, if they have given the chance, I think it is good enough. And it's up to the team afterwards that if it is a good idea to pursue or if it aligns with the vision of the company uh, or not. And then the feedback is really important there. 
yeah. I believe. Like at Pilogram, we have like bi-weekly presentations and it's open for everyone that who can present their ideas, their experiments, maybe some past experiences that might fit the Pilogram. So th these are, this is a kind of a stage for people to present and get feedback about mm. the ideas. I totally agree. It's it's um, something that I, it, you know, I, I'm fairly new at IKEA, I would say, but I, I've noticed that there's a there's a high value in in having uh, a little bit to, a little bit more often uh, these types of settings where you know we 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 make the stage for everyone to join, and then um, the more often we do it, the more the more value it uh, valuable it it becomes. Uh, it seems it's a it's a very um, I would say a very experimentally um, free environment, uh, even though it's a big corporate. Uh, and and you know, I, I saw the same thing when I was at Nokia several years ago. It was, it was very, um, um, it's a very creative approach to take in an engineering uh, community or an engineering environment to, to open up for this. Um, I think the, the the kind of uh, hard part that I've, I've noticed has been to to invite other areas to bring in the other areas. If we're in engineering, it's really easy for all, easy for all of the engineers to have their hackathon, for example. But to actually invite uh, marketing or or product or you know get them in there and, and and join the hackathon, even though they don't know how to program or anything, or if they just want to learn, you know that usually that usually sets kind of a, a good stage for every. You know any type of idea in that case. Yeah, Maybe good insight interested. there, Mitis. Yeah, thank you. Does that sort of answer your question, Anders? Yeah, really good insights. Thank you, lads. Um, and also the the last one there, Matthias, about bringing in the other parts of the business uh, to participate in in the innovation is uh, is also very valuable, but sometimes hard <laughs> so, yeah, well, no, I agree <laughs> it's a it's a tricky one definitely I think um, uh, yeah I, there, of course it, it differs from company to company it would always do that uh, I think um, uh, uh, usually I think it, it's uh, it's a welcome change when when engineering stretches out and goes like hey we're gonna have a hackathon for the whole company <laughs> it's, uh, and and then bringing pizzas and and uh, you know snacks and drinks and games and everything and just uh, it usually levels everything really well I I noticed so yeah you you weren't kidding when you said before that you like pizza if <laughs> you bring it into the workplace as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already treated one of my teams to my my homemade pizzas and uh, they I got a good score so. <laughs> Okay, amazing, amazing. Well, I'm glad you're satisfied with all the answers you've got there, Anders. What we'll do, we'll move on to the next person. Now, <coughs> the next person is Matthias, yourself, the pizza man, I'm going to start calling you, is um, when it came to you, you want to understand is what is your favourite way to stimulate or enable innovation within a team and or the greater organisation? How and why do you find this works? Fantastic question, but do you mind just delving into a little bit deeper for me? Yeah, um, well, I, I usually, I, coming from multiple different companies, again, I, I kind of, I, I usually lean back on my own experience from the, the various situations that I end up in. And um, 
I, I've noticed that there's like the, the spectrum of how uh, how and why uh, we do uh, we try to create innovation within the company can vary from zero to a hundred or you know pick any color basically. Um, so so it's it's always interesting to see how other companies that I haven't met um, how they how they ad, uh, attack this and uh, address it and and work with it. Um, I think you know it's there, there's probably more ways than one person can remember. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to hear. Yeah, well, yeah. jumping this one. Oh, Anders jumping in. All right, okay, go on. I'll lead to it. <laughs> really good question, Matthias, and and uh, it's the next part to stimulate. And first, I we need. Uh, uh, for the development, we need some business insights. We need some transparency from product and um, marketing and uh, the know-how of, of the industry and to be yeah ripple down, uh, so to speak, to, to development. That's one big enabler. But uh, I also, uh, when this idea generation events happening I, I add a little uh, competition in it so um, uh, it, my experience is that the ideas will be more crisp and um, more developed um, so to speak in, in also not only the solution but how the solution fit to solve the problem so that's two parts yeah, I think um, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a very, very interesting uh, problem, or there's a lot of different ways to do that, and also depends if you're in a big or a small organization. Uh, if you're in a small organization, what I like to do, I'd like to take in you know, people that are facing the customers only, the marketing only, to see to take advantage due to our smaller organization, and that's maybe not realistic to do in IKEA. Uh, for that such a big organization, it's maybe more a much more technical problem. They're not uh, than marketing and customer facing people are potentially really impacted by this. So I think take advantage of the size you are as a company. I think that's the most important. In this what advantages does IKEA have, and what advantages does a small startup have, and really press press those advantages out. I think, as you say, it's a lot of different ways to do this and you, I think you need to find your way in your organization that really works for you. So I think in my, in a small organization, I like to have early meetings uh, to share, this is my problem, uh, how are how we going to solve this? And then marketing has a different approach to it, that they've seen the same problem in a different way, or uh, customer success managers have also the same problem, but the customers are have or realizing this in different ways and so on. So I think that's very important to have in mind when uh, when you have those like enable innovation for a team or great organization. Yeah, there are lots of ways. Uh, like, I mean, uh, as Carl said, like you can choose and you can use your advantages as a big organization or like a small fast moving startup uh, but um, i like one way that i would like to mention i think it works pretty well uh, 
maybe many of you heard this 20% mindset or 20% rule that the teams allocate their 20% of their time as they feed as they see a fit. So most of the organizations, they have this 20% to pay their technical debts uh, or just like, you know, uh, fix uh, low hanging fruits and so on. But I, I think this rule can be applied to innovation really well. Uh, if you think about it, it's approximately like one day per week or like a one week per month, something like that. Uh, it's really up to the team and the organization uh and it really depends on the dynamic but i like the one day just for free time for the team uh giving the time to the people it generally works because people have this time for a longer period of time so they can just think about it and give a break and then do something else and then again next week they can have a look again uh and this one actually creates a culture where people come up with more ideas, more proof of concepts, uh, because the innovation is not just, you know, like happens in a day. You can't force people to innovate in a day. So it's like a long journey that you need to dedicate yourself, think a bit, maybe research a bit, tr try and fail. So I like this one day per week, just free yeah is that can i ask a question regarding i think that's super interesting um yeah. are you doing this are this completely free or are you doing this with like this is the problem we're trying this is the problem we have at the moment and and they come around innovations around that or is this a completely free you can solve you can solve you can innovate in what area you would like it, it, it depends on the times sometimes it's yeah. like you know you're working in a project or initiative that needs to be solved and then you need some uh, more ideas so that can be one part but most of the time i like this just free like you're free to pursue any dream you want and then people mostly come up with something related to the work rather than technical stuff just more or less okay it will be nice to have this in the product. Let me see if there is any value on it. Yeah. And sometimes like because you're giving breaks like one week or something, the people tend to go and talk to other people to understand how they can pursue on this one. Uh, because like the hack days, hack weeks are nice, but it's like short period of time. Everyone needs to be there so you can solve it. But if it is like this like, spread through the year, people tend to go talk to each other, like ask the questions, say, hey, where can I find this information and then communicate more? That's really, um, it, it resonates really well with what we're doing or what I'm doing with my teams, for example, is um, we, we definitely have our, our Freaky Friday, uh, where I basically blocked off everybody's calendars. I just booked a full day uh, and we have it every week. Uh, so uh, it, it was. It came from a discussion with a team where they basically just asked, um, you know, how how can we make time for for self learning, you know, uh, self study, and and uh, trying out new ideas and things like that. And um, and and I just went like, well, you have, you know, we have this whole concept in IKEA where where everybody should have their twenty percent, you know, and and you're free to dispose of it where you want. But the problem is that uh, what we realized is that 
people might not be as disciplined to actually take that time. <laughs> they, they get stuck in uh, in what they're doing, in what they're working on, what's on the backlog and, and everything. So I just went like, okay, cool. I'll just block off all Fridays, just going forward, and let's see what happens. And uh, and it's been actually it's been super positive. It's uh, I've gotten feedback from from um, engineers saying that you know it is this is the uh, best day of the week because I can basically spend time now uh, testing out ideas. And sometimes it's it's uh, directly work related. Sometimes you know, they they want to learn Go or they want to do something, just try out Terraform or whatever. You know, then then just go for it. And and um, you know sometimes we. Uh, there's more a common idea of what the whole team want to move in into a certain direction when it comes to knowledge and functionality and things like that, and and um, they're free to do so whenever, um, as long as it's uh, you know it, it works out in in the whole plan of the greater scheme, so to speak. But uh, but definitely, it's uh, I think time definitely giving people time that 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 one really resonates well with me. Um, I think it's. Uh, it just pays back, you know, tenfold basically. Well, cool, great, great thing. Has, has anyone else actually done that themselves? Where they've implemented it into the team? Where you say to the team, "Listen, let's take out a an hour, two hours in a diary, and just focus on yourself and innovate that way," or or not? Not really on a regular basis, as we do it sometimes, but I think. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's a good good thing to try out. Uh, if it repays tenfold, I'm gonna beat Matthias if it's if it's not true after this. <laughs> uh, you're you're welcome. I can always come <laughs> over and say hi and uh, and run a session. Lots of pizzas for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Love your pizza. <laughs> no, but I think yeah. it's a super interesting idea and absolutely worth a try. Uh, so I think it's uh, and as as Matthias saying. Kagler talked about was is that it's that all all people are sitting sitting in different parts, so they're going to attack the problem they're most familiar with to start with. So you're going to get a lot of innovations you haven't really thought about. You didn't, didn't really see the problem if you don't do this. So I think it's a super interesting approach. Okay, awesome, awesome. Well, let's let's move on. Um, Carl. You're the next person on the hit list here. Um, when it came to you, you wanted to understand how do you build this into the culture on the of the organization? And what is your normal path to innovation for customers, stakeholders, etc.? Um, can you explain that one a little bit more for us? Yeah, we, I think we touched that a little bit now, but it's more how do you build in your team? How do you build the culture? Uh, of innovation uh, for if you if you it's very very important to have it there so it's more where do you get your innovation ideas from is it yourself your customers your users this is the stakeholders approaching with problems so it's more about how do you how do you build a culture that innovates all the time um, i can go I think it's important that the to encourage and enable people to get out from their bubble and the comfort zone. Like if you want to build an organization, this is really important. Many companies they have this setup that where everyone is responsible for their part and they don't care that much others like the work goes from workstation to workstation and then it's delivered kind of. I think 
This is not a very good setup. I believe it's important people experience their products and the effects of it. They, they need to understand what kind of impact they do. Uh, otherwise, you can't really be innovative. You can't innovate anything without knowing these. So uh, I think it's uh, there's a huge value to uh, involve people into in different parts of the product development. That's what I believe. Uh, like for example, I like developers being involved into user research studies or attending the stakeholder meetings. With that way, you get unfiltered opinion, unfiltered view, how the product is perceived, what are the challenges coming up. Uh, then the developers or any other employee can come up with more ideas. Uh, I can say that, for example, at Billogram, we encourage people to go uh, and shadow the customer support. Like they can go and see how our product performs in real life and how people are using it. Uh, so then they get a different angle. Okay, like I was focusing on this part, but there are these aspects as well. I really like this kind of working. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's um, something I, I think it can be encouraged more often. Uh, it's uh, it's hard to get the engineers to sometimes to to uh, like you say get out of their bubble. Um, you know, it's it's easy to get stuck. I know for myself, being an engineer, I get very very kind of I get get tunnel vision and just focus on what I need to solve right now and. Uh, but now being an engineering manager, I have to step up above that and try to look more objectively of everything and, and see where we have opportunities to kind of, um, to, uh, I don't know, I, what do you call it, kind of plug into the rest of the organization and uh, and try to always bring people with me. Um, it's the only way to also, I think it's a good way to distribute the, the sense of responsibility for innovation also. That it's not that you know you, you don't expect one person or a couple of key people to be the innovators in the company, even though there you know there might be a role called chief innovation officer or anything like that, right? Or head of innovation. I think their job is just to stimulate the rest of the company and and uh, enable the rest of the company uh, to be able to to innovate really. And um, I, I I know there's a lot of talks of uh, or the classic notion of giving the right toolbox and things like that. But I do I do think there is a very simple concept of innovation uh, where, where you say that uh, if you're used to something uh, and suddenly you're presented with an alternate solution of what you're used to, then that to you is innovative. It could be a good or a bad innovation, but that doesn't really matter. It's innovation anyway. So uh, that's something I try to tell my, my team members really early on also when I meet them. Um, you know, just to set the stage for, you know, it's a really simple thing to think of, and you have to expose yourself, you expose your your common uh, you know, notions of what what the current function is or a current product, how it's working, and things like that. Um, if you don't know that, then you're going to have a, a really tough time to try to innovate. Also, I think. Right. And yeah. That's what you... oh, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's very important to live the product and uh, um, building a culture is 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 um, um, encourage behaviors. 
So uh, if you encourage to live your products, we in this company, a lot of the engineers and the rest of the company's employees are passionate by golf. So that's fairly easy for them. But anyway, we provide, uh, uh, yeah, um, different um, channels to our customers anyway. So, um, so that's one part. But I also think that that uh, building this cadence of of time, um, call it Google Day or or Innovation Day, or that that is one thing that because that. Um, yeah, every everyone is planning for it then. So um, thinking of it in in meetings when they are developing and so forth. So so just building the cadence of time to innovate and and also the business insight by leaving the product or visiting the the business strategy. Um, but also what you mentioned when I asked my question is recognizing uh, innovations is very important, I would say, to build the culture um, that it's okay with good ideas, bad ideas. Um, yeah, so that's my, my thoughts about it. And also, for for the leadership is um, recognized that the, the business is long term, not short term. It's not the next quarter or it's many years. So uh, in in the it's I think the leadership uh, can yeah may think of that when they uh, address the employees. It's very common that the, the leadership team addresses in, in, in numbers of the quarter and so, so to speak, it's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing I've sort of picked up on there, when you deal with a company organization, what, what's better for innovation, a product-led company or a tech-led company? Good question. Good, <laughs> really. I, I, I think it question. depends on the on the yeah on the size of the organization, um, because you can have tech led, but I think it could be uh, it on the smaller size because um, you need have direct um, direct uh, with the customers, so to speak, direct channel with the customers. And also, when you're working with the tech, we need the tech platforms and what that can uh, do, enable. Um, so, but when you grow, I think the product management level is is um, very important. Yeah, I, I was almost going to say, is there a difference? But <laughs> I, I, I'm used to kind of uh, more of this kind of cadence where you go uh, first, you go product, and then you and then you need to focus more on the tech, and then you bring it back, and you have to kind of think again. Okay, do we have any innovation here that we, you know, that we can actually productize? 
and and we keep that cycle going over and over. It might not be a perfect cadence, uh, you know. You might not be able to say every quarter or anything like that, but you always have that kind of cycle. I think that's when you find the best balance in it. It's uh, you know, one one wouldn't uh, exclude the other, so to speak. Okay, okay. And Chala, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I I think the best is that tech and product lead together. Uh, I worked in a company, I worked in companies that where the product was more important, but they are not aligned with the tech. And at the end, it becomes like, okay, we have a super visionary uh, roadmap, but it's not going to happen because they are so far away in the future and they are not aware of the technical limitations and the other way around as Matthias said the people tend to have like a narrow vision in tech and they say that okay this is the best way and it's gonna you will implement it that way and you will not succeed I think it's really important the tech and product works like uh, like the together it's, it's like I don't know like two sides of the same coin so it can't be separated. Uh, so maybe it's good to have like we look at the same time at the same thing and try to solve it together. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Sorry, Carl. I sort of robbed your question. <laughs> I think it was it was super interesting. I was just sitting back and enjoying the robbing of my question. <laughs> but um, moving back to your question are you happy with the overall results do you want to go into any more detail with that or I'm super, I'm super happy I think I got a lot of insight from this and uh, you need to step out from your comfort zone to be able to innovate you need to speak to different people uh, different parts of the organization and uh, to innovate and what's innovating for you is maybe not innovating for me so you need to talk with a lot of different people and take your time so uh, absolutely I have gathered insights from my question. Thank you. Okay, awesome. And obviously you yourself come from a, a quite a small company and obviously it's growing. What are you more like more product led, more tech led? How, how what was your sort of answer there? I think as Matthias said, I think um or it's very hard to be one without another. Um I think uh tech and product needs needs to be um, very close together to be able so, so the roadmap we build is technical post technically possible and so on so i think um i can't really answer your questions i think it goes in cycles yeah. uh, as says i think at the moment we're more we're more tech in the beginning last year we were more product for this product had focus and so on so it depends depends on the cycle and uh, so on and if you're not, if you only product, then you, then you're soon gonna have a lot, lot of technical depth to pay off, and so on. So, and if you only take, then no customer is gonna use your product. So it's a, <laughs> it's a very hard, um, it's a very hard question to take one way or another. I must yeah. Say. Okay. Okay. I, no worries. I was almost going to be really romantic here and say that it's more like a dance than a cycle. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, you just have to define which type of dance that you're actually doing. If you're doing tango or foxtrot or slow dancing or whatever you, you know, maybe that's that's the analogy we need here. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> right. Let, let, let's move on before we go into the tango. Uh, 
Inshallah, <laughs> I came over to you um, and obviously we spoke and you wanted to understand like what are the benefits and pitfalls of innovation events. And this is quite a niche question. I'm interested to hear more. Can you sort of divulge a little bit? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so when we talk about like uh, saving some time to innovate, people tend to have this innovation events like hackathons, hack weeks, hack days. Uh, every company has different names for it. Uh, but not every event is successful. I would like to hear what makes this innovation event successful. What are the benefits of those events? And what are the pitfalls that people fall into and like they are not aware of it, so it becomes unsuccessful. Right, I want to pick on someone here because you guys are taking ages to answer this one. Come on, faster, faster. Uh, Matthias, come on, let's start with yeah, you. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I think uh, I, I think the, the benefits in a sense is that it's it's like I started out saying it's inclusive by nature. You know, it it should be. It's like it's um, you should invite anyone uh, from anywhere. Basically, uh, I think that's a, a, a super valuable standpoint to have or a starting point to have. Um, I think uh, uh, the pitfalls, um, I, I usually don't, uh, you know, I try to be optimistic about it, but I usually don't see it as a, a, as a failure if we fail. You know, you, we have this saying in, the, in tech and now we're overall in the, in the whole world that, you know, we should celebrate failure also. Uh, it's important to learn from the mistakes. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, an event, uh, it might not turn out as it was planned. Um, and and the output might be zero, but you know in reality it isn't because you can look into what did go wrong, what should we not do the next time. You do a retrospective on it, and 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 then it's just as valuable as anything else. I think um, it's, um, it's yeah, that, that's usually what I, I think is important. Uh, a really big thing, and uh, I can maybe uh, end my part on that. <laughs> I think the really big, big thing that I'm trying to always talk about in these cases is that uh, not don't just have one event. Uh, don't don't stop at one. It, it's kind of like these kickoffs that companies do. You do it one time and you communicate the vision on the kickoff, or you say now we have to be innovative, and then everybody goes home and come back the next day to the office and nobody remembers what happened at the kickoff because there was alcohol involved. <laughs> or, you know, great party, but uh, what do we do the rest of the year? Uh, I think I think it's important to just do it more, more and more and more. Uh, and I try to try to get some cadence into it. Um, hackathons usually they they uh, they work out when you do at least four a year or more. Uh, they don't have to be super ambitious either. I think that's the thing. It's like um, hot tip from my side. Uh, we we have three. When we do hackathons, we have three different uh, prizes. One is um, um, best business value. One is uh, best innovation, of course, and one is uh, the epic fail. So we, you know, we always celebrate that, and we and we award people for failing. I think that's important. And this is not in IKEA. This is something I've done with uh, a couple of different companies earlier. So I just keep on doing it. It's a it's a fun thing. It lightens the mood. So. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. What about you yeah. guys? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the benefits is obvious. I would say uh, you're building a culture, 
by uh, having events. It's acknowledged by the company, so to speak, to set time for innovation. But if, but my biggest take on the, on on an uh, event is that it building collaboration. You can be more than just one figuring something out or between cross teams, for instance, and um, that is the biggest benefit I would say to create an event. Um, but also this competition, I like that uh, to have, yeah, recognition and also they, this, um, they they strive for being done with the, with some solutions or that is. Um, um, the benefits, the pitfalls is that is, yeah, it's very in, in my company, it's big, so to speak. It's a lot of ideas and the presentations are a bit long. So um, um, it uh, we, uh, we think of, yeah, dividing it or, or yeah, some, some sort of, of uh, having different days and, and because you the ideas will uh, be um, um, yeah it's a lot of ideas so my idea will not come forward in a good way that's that's a one pitfall but it's only yeah. benefits uh, i can only agree with Matias and anders i think they um they addressed almost all issues. One thing I have seen before, if you don't, if a pitfall is if you, if you don't do this as a company on like make this a priority, you can have the same people on this, on the hackathon all the time, these 10 people. And then you, then you lose the value due to you don't get any new inputs basically. So that's one thing I've seen. So it's making it a priority in a company or making it uh, mandatory or what you call it, that you get a lot of different people to the event. But if you if it doesn't become an internal fun thing or an internal internal thing that people like and no one shows up and no one contributes, then uh, or at least only two people that contributes and the same people on the four four hackathons a year, then you then you have lost the uh, the enabling of the event, so to say. No, that's true. Definitely, I agree with that. Really good. Can happen. Yeah, I like the idea of giving the best failure. Like, <laughs> that's really nice to like encourage people. Even you, you fail, fail really good sets, you get an award for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, these are really great insights. Uh, one thing maybe I can add that I see that, as Matthias said, people do this like once and say that, yeah, we are done with the innovation maybe. And also people don't follow the ideas there. Like people spend some time to maybe innovate or like try something new and then there is no follow up on that. Uh, I saw that if this happens, most of the people don't want to attend or it turns into, yeah, let's, let's fix some bugs there. And then we present it as like <laughs> innovation yes, maybe. Yeah. You need to follow up, otherwise yeah. no one is going to yeah. attend and becomes an unsuccessful event. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have we have a um, very kind of simple template that we we are trying to follow at least. I'm not going to say that we follow it every time, but it, it is a good starting point, and it's kind of like if you look at it from a scientific way, where you have a hypothesis of something that you want to change, and then you will perform the experiments, but it won't be worth anything unless you actually do a follow-up afterwards and you measure it properly and you can actually do a retro on the whole thing. You, know, you have to follow these three steps, otherwise you know, you, you only, you've only done whole, half of the homework, basically. It's a um, yeah, simple recipe. Okay, awesome. Chala, does that answer your question? Yeah, definitely. Okay, right chaps, what we'll do is start wrapping this up. I just want to take this time to personally thank each and every one of you guys for being amazing tonight. Uh, I think Matthias has got a new nickname called the Pizza Man. I think that's now going <laughs> to stick. Um, I'll update my LinkedIn. <laughs> thank you very much, um, especially when I, when I publish this uh, next week. I'm going to make sure Pizza Man is on the cover. Um, but yeah, I really do appreciate... Um, each and every one of you, like all jokes aside, it's been really nice um, talking to you all. Now, if you anyone wants to get involved that are listening with one of our podcasts, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. My name's Christopher Asbridge. Just look for Evolution Nordics and I will be there. Now, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>